Jesus said, you lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Jesus said, you speak to the mountain. Don't speak to me, speak to, speak to that mountain. So what we believe about God, about, about our identity in Christ, who we are in the spirit, it changes everything. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of His children. What God has done for our storytellers, He lives to do for you. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Happy one day away Thanksgiving. Mm. It's my favorite holiday. It's mm. my absolute favorite holiday. Family, food, football, and naps. Sweet potatoes. Yeah, it's like the trifecta, uh, like the F trifecta, food, family, football. You could throw faith in there too. But then you got to throw naps in there and that like throws everything a curveball. Is there another F word for nap? Oh, that's a good question. Is there another F word for nap? Fast asleep. <laughs> that's good. Although I always think about napping, but I never nap. Mm -hmm. mm. Too busy talking. I know. And playing cards. So fun. Anyway, yeah. we hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful week with your family and with your kiddos being out of school or whatever celebrations you have going on this week. We hope it is a good one. So without further ado, I just want to go ahead and introduce this week's podcast. You are listening to Aaron's story. Religion makes you crazy. Hi, I am Aaron, and first and foremost, I am a loved daughter of God, and that truth changed my life. I am married to my high school sweetheart, Doug, for 26 years, and we have three beautiful children who are young adults now. And my story today is really about I feel like it, I was reintroduced to who God is in the later years of my Christian walk. I, I grew up, I was well-loved. I always believed in God, but um, he just wasn't, it didn't mean anything in my personal life. And um, as a teenager, I was your mother's worst nightmare. I did not know my identity. I wanted to, it was like I was living to, if there was a rule, I wanted to break it, whether it was at school or sneaking out or shoplifting or um, just anything. I just wanted, and, and I think looking back, it had to do with me being empty and not knowing who I was. And I just wanted something to fill me. And I was, I was wild. I, I've, I've shared this before. I got suspended six times from my Catholic school. And I was just right there on the edge of really driving drunk. I mean, all kinds of things. And then as an 18 year old girl, my sister led me to the Lord. And I said this, this little sweet prayer, Jesus come in my life. I give you my life. And God cleansed me in a super, I mean, everything is supernatural to God. He's a supernatural God, but I experienced this washing clean that um, I didn't even really know theologically what had happened to me, but I got up from my table crying. My sister said, how do you feel? And I said, I feel like someone took one of those big garden buckets 
and just poured it over me. I feel so clean. She said, Aaron, everything you've ever done has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And I was just, I was completely blown away. That was a theological truth that I had not known. I lived growing up with this consciousness of sin always, you know? And so that was, that was a brand new beginning for me. And so at 18, really 18, all the way until about when my youngest daughter, who's 18 now is, um, she was one. Mm -hmm. So I guess 18 years ago, I was full on Christian, sold out. Um, I received the Holy Spirit young in my walk with the Lord. And if you looked at me from the outside, you would say, that girl is on fire for Jesus because I loved him. And my, my old life was gone and I was in church and all my friends were Christians and I read the Bible and I did Bible study and I, and I did love God. But the truth was I was defeated Christian. My marriage of 20 years at that point was completely crumbling. Our youngest daughter was struggling with epilepsy. She had been diagnosed with epilepsy, having up to 10 seizures a day. I had another child that was uh, very much a prodigal and away from the Lord and into the things of the world. I thought that was the normal Christian life. I felt like I had no, no power over anything. And, and, and a lot of that was brought was because the way that the teaching that I received, you know, Proverbs 23, seven says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And what's amazing to me, I guess, is I had been in some, if I threw in the names out of churches that I've been to, I lived in at this point, Louisiana, Texas, and Utah, you'd probably know the names of the churches that I had been to. They were spirit-filled, well-respected, but how I had never heard a teaching on healing and authority is blows me away. Because at this point, I had been a Christian for 20-something years, wholehearted Christian. And so religion makes you crazy. And, and re religion is just the traditions of men that make the word of God of no effect. Jesus said that. He said, your traditions have made the word of God of no effect. And that's what I had. I had this tradition that God was somehow controlling all this. And so what shifted things was when my, our youngest daughter was one, she began having um, seizures and and um, they started out small and it was just kind of like, hmm, we weren't even sure if it was a seizure. But by the time she was two, she was having full on seizures. By the time she was um, in second grade, she was having up to 10 seizures a day. That was our worst point. Um, and I had to take her out of school because she, she could not remain in the classroom having 10 seizures a day. Um, I had already been to two counselors with my husband. So at this time, not only is my daughter having seizures, my marriage is completely falling apart. And I'd already been to two counselors and I was thinking, I don't think it's gonna work. We'd been married for 20 years at that point. And I thought my marriage is not gonna work. Um, my husband did not know the Lord at that point, And he has given me permission to share this. He had an addiction and, the, and, and I didn't even really know about it um, until 20 years. And so- but God in his mercy brought this woman in my life who had been through a healing journey herself and had started this ministry that I'm now part of. 
I just remember sharing with her some things about my daughter and, and all she said at this point, she just threw me this anchor of hope. And she said, Aaron, nothing's impossible with God. I don't think she knew where I was. So she probably didn't want to come on too strong. She said, nothing's impossible with God. And, um, and one year later, um, I was sitting on my back porch and I just said, God, I just cried out to the Lord. And I said, God, I need you. Where do I go? What do I do? I, I am this close to leaving. And all of a sudden, this woman's face that I had met a year ago dropped in my mind. And I, I just was like, Terry? Because I, I just didn't really know, like, who, why? And I'm, and I was just like, I don't even know if this is you, God. And I call her. I call her and I said, Terry, do you remember me? And she said, of course, I remember you, Aaron. How are you? And I said, I'm not doing well. And I said, um, my marriage is falling apart. My daughter's having seizures. Another one is, is very lost in the world. And I said, do you help? I remember these exact words. Do you help people like me? Because I wasn't even really sure what this ministry did, you know? She said it again. She said, nothing is impossible with God. Absolutely. And her confidence just was the anchor for my soul. And so what ended up happening was she, she they taught these classes, Authority of the Believer, and um, it's called Love Heals, but it's a, super, it's a healing class on the supernatural healing of God. And I began taking one class at a time. I began the first one, the Authority of the Believer class. And it truly was like I was born again all over. I got reintroduced to this God. I began to understand that, that Jesus was the perfect representation of the Father. And that Jesus, you know, there's a scripture that says Philip, who had been hanging out with Jesus for a long time, three years, he was one of the disciples. He said, show us the Father. And Jesus was like, Jesus said, Philip, You've been with me three years and you're still asking me that? If you've seen me, you have seen God. You've seen the Father. And that verse for me became, it was almost like a picture. It was almost like a picture like, okay, Aaron, this is what God is like. Not all the things you've been taught. And not all the experiences that you've had, because a lot of people like to make their experience their truth. Jesus is who God is. Did Jesus ever make someone sick? Nope. Did Jesus ever um, say, you know what, I'm going to heal you, but, but not yet. Not yet. You need to suffer a little longer and then I'll heal you after you've learned your lesson. Like those were some of the beliefs that I had. Even the fact of God being sovereign. I learned from this study that, no, the Bible says in Psalm 8, it says that the heavens are God's. The heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to the sons and daughters of God. And I learned that he's given us rule and reign over this earth. If you go back to Genesis and read that, you will see that he's given us rule and reign. And then when Jesus left, Jesus said, 
I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. So all of these, it was like, it was like my life was a garden and I, my life was full of weeds and I was just plucking these weeds out and planting new seeds of, of probably two things, who God really is and what his character is really like. And the authority that he has given his believers. And, you know, John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. But the devil comes only to steal, kill and destroy. And that was a key verse for me. And I remember one day as I was sorting through all these belief systems that I had, I was like, well, well, wait a minute. Okay. And I, I, I took a piece of paper and I wrote, God is good. The devil is bad. God brings life. The devil steals, kills, and destroys. And I wrote areas in my life where I saw that I was being stolen from or de- destruction was happening. And I mean, I'm set, I'm sorry to say that piece of that side of the paper was way more full than the other side. I was living in such defeat. And so I share that because when Zoe would have a seizure before I knew my authority, before I knew that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, that I've become one spirit with Christ, that I have authority over sickness and disease, that the same works that Jesus did, he said, I will do. Before I knew all that, if Zoe had a seizure, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, Jesus, help us, help us, help us. Like, that's how I prayed. Mm. I prayed these begging, pleading prayers because I didn't know if it was God's will that she would be, that she should be healed. But when I came to know the character of Jesus, that he is healing, he doesn't even give healing. He is health and resurrection life and that he defeated the devil. And that he stripped him of all authority and power, Colossians 2.15 says. He stripped him. The devil has zero power unless I give it to him, unless I agree with him. And that was an aha moment. If we agree with what he puts out, I've heard this great analogy. I thought, man, that is so good. It says, temptation, uh, symptoms are to sickness as temptation is to sin, meaning Temptation is not sin. Well, symptom is not a sickness. And someone had shared their own testimony with me and they said, just because you've been healed and a symptom comes back doesn't mean that you've, quote, lost your healing because you're already healed. Jesus took your sicknesses and diseases. It's just the devil knocking on your door saying, do you still believe? So when my daughter came home and said, hey, these seizures, I think I'm having seizures at school. If I had said, really? Oh my gosh. And open that door to fear and and whatever. But we have to go back to the word of God. And I said, no, I don't, I don't believe that. I believe what God's word says. God says by his stripes, Zoe, you were already healed. God says you have authority over the devil and he cannot do anything to you. And by this time she was in seventh or eighth grade. So I taught her You feel a seizure coming on at school. Jesus said, the same works that I do, you will do. Well, what did Jesus do? Jesus spoke to things. He spoke to storms and they quit. 
He spoke to a tree and it died. He spoke to body parts, be healed. And he said, the same works I do, you will do, right? And so I told Zoe, you can speak to your body in that seizure and you tell it to stop. And that's what she did. And that girl is, that was in eighth grade. She's now 18. She's been completely seizure free. And now she's in a Bible school learning even more about her authority. You know, this teaching on authority changed my entire family because as I shared earlier, my husband was not a believer at the time and also had had an addiction for many years. And when I tell you that I prayed for my husband, oh, I prayed so faithfully, honestly. And I, and I thought they were good prayers. I mean, God draw him to yourself. Like I was praying scriptural prayers, but what I didn't know was that I was in a war that I was in a battle that, that my husband had an enemy that the Bible says the God of this world, they cannot see the truth because the God of this world has blinded them. When I realized, wait a minute, He can't even hear the truth because the God of this world has blinded them. And I don't have authority over Doug, my husband, but I have authority over all power of the enemy. So I began praying things like this in the name of Jesus. I pull down that veil off of Doug's eyes. I bind you. I bind every lying spirit that's talking to him in Jesus name. Then I would pray, Lord, reveal your love to him. But until then, I I wasn't taking my authority over the things that were keeping him in bondage. And when I began to pray that he was came to the Lord in three years and then he was set free and delivered. So this is really important. I mean, like Jesus and, and, you know, you'll read scriptures that say Jesus says, I've come that you might have abundant life. And people are like, where is that abundant life? Or I lead, Jesus said, he leads us into all triumph. You're more than a conqueror. Um, as Jesus was in this earth, so are you. You're like, where is that? Well, I'm not saying authority is everything, but the gospel is not complete without the authority. It's not a fight to win because Jesus took the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he is victorious and he stripped the enemy of all power. The battle is what do I believe? The battle is identity. The battle is the battle from the very beginning was identity. When the devil, when the when the snake came to Adam and Eve and said, "Did God really say?" God just knows that when you eat that fruit from the tree of life, you'll be like you'll be like God. But the reality was, they were already like God, and we are one with Christ. We are seated in heavenly places. We have authority. But if I don't know that, I had to come to, Jesus said in John 8, 32, the truth that you know will set you free. And I had to come to know the truth of who God is. He's not controlling everything because when I believed he controlled everything, I just sat back and was like, well, I guess that's God's will. And it makes you passive. I had to come to know the truth of what his character was, that he was the healer. I had to come to know the truth of my authority that Jesus didn't say, pray and ask me to heal. Jesus said, you lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. 
Jesus said, you speak to the mountain. Don't speak to me, speak to, speak to that mountain. So what we believe about God, about, about our identity in Christ, who we are in the spirit, it changes everything. It changes everything. Wow, I think um, I think Erin said so many amazing things, and I think what her journey through uh, we we'll call it a uh, journey from religion into relationship mm. is a, a journey that we can mm. relate to. Yeah, and it's her her story to me is a story that I wish a lot of people experience yeah what what is it about her journey that you wish others would experience i have had that feeling of feeling you know she said religion makes you crazy and i think that's something having struggled with depression for so long felt that my faith wasn't really giving me adequate answers right and on how to handle it, how to deal with it, how to think about it. And it did feel a little bit crazy. And when I started to understand identity and thinking of myself as a son, that everything that Jesus accomplished happened 2,000 years ago, and it's available right now, this second, not based on my works, not based on anything uh, that I bring to the table, but what he has done, it gave me a greater appreciation for Jesus. Mm. It gave me a greater love for him. It gave me a greater confidence that he was not okay with depression. This isn't something that he was allowing. Mm. So depression now becomes a, a tactic a, of the enemy. I can think of it that way. I can approach it that way. I can uh, speak against it. I can ask confidently for help. Mm. Uh, knowing that that's the enemy seeking to steal and destroy. I think that's a really important shift in my own personal faith. It's a shift that Erin made in her battle with her family. Mm -hmm. She was really getting hit on three fronts and uh, was desperate and needed hope. And she found it in, in someone saying, hey, everything is possible. And in Christ and somehow we've we've been lulled to sleep that the gospel is you know get saved hang on <laughs> uh, for heaven struggle well yeah and we get saved and hang on because now the enemy's coming for you but you've got nothing in your in your toolbox to fight them with yeah and it, uh, I don't I think it's a religious narrative one that is frustrating for me to to see the prevalence of that narrative. Well, don't you think, I think it's so interesting that we are so sure on our salvation, right? We're so sure that Jesus died for us, that when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he comes into our heart and we get to spend eternity with God, right? Like that is kind of a known set in stone truth that all believers walk with. And yet 
after that comes so much uncertainty. What, what now? What am I supposed to do? Is, is God a wrathful, vengeful father, or is he a loving, caring, healing son full of grace and mercy? Um, we don't really know how to wrestle with all that. And um, I think that when you get a hold of identity and authority and you start unlocking the truths of Scripture from that lens, then it's like Aaron says, everything changes. You now have an answer for any opposition that tries to come against you because not only do you know who you are, but you know whose you are and where your authority comes from. And it gives you, it doesn't always change the circumstances. No. But it gives you a peace in the midst of the circumstances. Come on. And then you start to see circumstances change over time. And sometimes they it's changing you. Yeah. And I like what Aaron said too. Like we're just kind of without the authority and identity piece, we're just kind of this puppet you know, or kind of this um, leaf being blown here and there by the circumstances of our lives. But when we know who we are and the authority that comes with that family, with that bloodline, then all of a sudden we have a new power, a new peace, and a new foundation that anchors us into something completely different and we have power. Yeah. It just changes everything. (laughs) It does. All right. Well, there's some food for thought to chew on as you um, complete the rest of your Thanksgiving week. We hope that you are beyond blessed this week as you spend time with your family and uh, that you'll join us next week for more. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Um, We are beyond grateful and thankful for each of you. Have a blessed week. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what he wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website, theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.